Welcome to the Mostly Potted at Night. Mostly, I am Salem, joined by my co-host Graveyard. Hello. This is episode forty-three of our weekly All Things Horror podcast. Uh, is revenge a dish? <clears throat> is revenge a dish best served cold, or should raw be only for sushi? Let's see how the seventies raw and uncut revenge stories hold up today, if they even do at all. Yes. Um, yeah, this week we're going to go for uh, yeah some classic 70s raw movies, um, two of which you probably know and two of which you probably don't. And I think there's probably a reason for that. But uh, Very um, much so. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll start off with one of the ones you probably know and the earliest chronologically on this list is The Last House on the Left. Um, uh, more famously, I think this is Wes Craven's, this is, it's his first movie, right? Is his first movie, and you'll if you if you're watching, you know, as the credits are generally before the movie, you'll see two other names on there that you recognize: Sean S. Cunningham, who made Friday the Thirteenth, and Stephen Miner, who helped make the Friday the Thirteenth series as well. So this was a it's three icons of horror in their mm-hmm. early stuff. Right, yeah, but yeah, yeah. This is the original Last House on the Left. They did remake it. Um, it was what? It was like two thousand ten, nine, something, something, <laughs> somewhere, something like somewhere yeah. around in that time. Seven, eight, nine, right around there. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, I've seen uh, that version, the new version, but I have not. I did not see this version. I, again, it was one of these movies I thought that I saw because I've seen bits and pieces of it everywhere, but I've never, I've never actually watched this version front to back but i did watch the remake which is odd well i mean yeah i've watched the remake um i've i've seen this but you know especially on videos on youtube and stuff like that there's so much of this movie cannot show so you've seen probably all the tidbits that they can show on tv or or youtube (laughs) yeah yeah there's 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 quite a bit yes Uh, um okay so yeah i'll just i'll run right into the uh to the recap here Yes. Okay, so we t- we turn up with a um a young girl who um what is her name? Mary. <laughs> Mary. That's right. Mary what Coldwell called Caldwell something like that. Yeah. She whatever. just turns it's her 17th birthday. Right. It's her 17th birthday. And she's going to go to the city. You know, again, they don't give a name to the city. It's just the city and they they live in like some rural area i don't know it's it's forest and trees and no neighbors around zero neighbors <laughs> right so it's yeah, somewhere in a rural forested area um and she is going to go into the city to watch the band bloodlust who um from their description is i'm guessing supposed to be like a black sabbath clone <laughs> Because they killed chickens. Yeah, they killed chickens on stage, which is, again, a Black Sabbath thing. So I'm assuming this is like some Black Sabbath clone because this is like 1972. Yeah. So it's very early. There isn't any other metal bands around this time (laughs) that they could be talking about. It's really the only one right now. So, yeah. So she is going with her friend that her parents don't really like, but they, they kind of accept that, um, you know, that she is going to go with her as long as, you know, she stays safe, blah, blah. You know, oh, basically. Friend came from the wrong side of town, the bad part right, of town. Right, the bad part of town. <laughs> Which, again, I don't know what they're talking about. Because, again, it's like a rural area in the middle of nowhere. 
Correct. So maybe she was from the, you know, quote unquote city, as they're saying. I don't I don't know. I don't know where she is. But uh, so they're going to go to this concert. Um, and then we get a, uh, a kind of cut to like three escaped well, criminals and then the one lead escape criminal guy's son. Yes. And we get kind of like a weird narration um, describing them. And the one guy, the head guy's name is Krug. Um, and he's like the leader and probably the worst of them. Um, and then his, I don't I don't know, girlfriend kind of. <laughs> well, she's with all of them. Right. Anyway, her name was Sadie. I think her name is. Um, yes. Yeah, and she's described as like an animal. I guess. I, sure. Um, and then there what was the, what's the creepy dude's name? It was the switchblade. Yeah. Anyway, oh, there, there's a creepy dude. <laughs> yeah, there's the creepy dude, and he's like described as like a a child molester and a rapist. So he's like you know like the the sex criminal. <laughs> Out of the group, Krug was in prison for killing a priest and two nuns. Oh, um, it's I, it's Weasel, by the way. Weasel. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that's his nickname, but whatever. Weasel's good. Um, I don't remember if they said what Sadie was in for, but whatever. I don't. Well, actually, I don't think she was in. I think she no. helped them escape. Krug and and Weasel escaped. Right. But they went. They went. They went back to find Krug's son, Junior, and Sadie. Right. Well, yeah, and then yeah, his Krug's son. He, to keep him under control, he's intentionally hooked him on heroin. Yes. So that whenever he gets out of line, he just kind of dangles the heroin above his head, and then he does whatever he tells him to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, and it's narrated as he did that to be in control of him. Um, anyway, so that's, that's the introduction here. Um, and then Mary and her friend Phyllis... <laughs> Like go into the woods and like prance around. I don't. I honestly don't know what they're doing out there. Like they said, they're going to leave and go to a concert, and then they're just hanging out in the woods, like talking about you know. My boobs came in this year, right? Yeah, like last being year. girls <laughs> transmogrifying into women, and then you know, I guess like embracing their new womanhood and the new seventies yes. style of of wearing no bra with the tight shirt. Um, which in 72 was a new thing. Well, newer thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then they jump in the car and they're driving out there, you know, giggling and having fun. Um, we kind of cut back to the parents, you know, having like, uh, I guess like an idyllic, you know, just kind of, a, you know, like a fun time at home, you know. Um, and it kind of cuts back and forth to that. Anyway, they get to the city. And then Mary and Phyllis are looking around being like, hey, man, we need some grass. <laughs> um, so they're like, let's look for a shady character <laughs> to go get some grass. And so who do they find? But the the son who's hooked on heroin is hanging out outside. So they go up to him and he's like, hey, man, where can we score some grass? And he's like, oh, hey, I got some grass. Come with me. So he brings them upstairs um, and basically traps them in the room. And so now, you know, Krug, Weasel, Sadie, him, and, and the two girls are in this room. And, like, pretty much immediately, they just sexually assault Phyllis. Yeah. Um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole detail, uh, not a whole lot of details of what happens here, but apparently they're there like all night long. Um, they don't say that they did anything to Mary. I don't know why they wouldn't. I guess, but I mean, that's I don't really want to go too far into that but she seems to be okay obviously she's bothered about what happened but i don't think she was assaulted at that time um anyway so they bring them downstairs they throw the girls in the trunk mary and phyllis they throw them in the trunk and then they decide to just drive away in a random direction um, and we're, we cut back to the parents who are worried. Obviously, this is the next day. They're not back yet. Um, they call the cops. The cops come over and, and eat some cake. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, that was that was the, yeah, but that was what they were doing when they were like, you know, being a happy couple was preparing Mary's birthday party, which was the next day. So they're like baking a cake and putting up decorations and all that. Anyway, so the cop is now eating the birthday cake before it's even her birthday, which is rude, but I guess. Um, that's okay. And I think, I think the biggest cameo or the most famous person in this movie that I know of is deputy Harry is the bad guy in the karate kid is him. Holy crap. (laughs) I didn't realize that. I saw him right away. I was like, Oh, that's him. Yeah. So yeah, the bad guy, the head of Cobra Kai in the original karate kid is the dopey deputy Harry in this movie. Um, and the police are like intentionally played off as like goofy and stupid uh, in this yeah. movie. Like they even have their own like little theme song <laughs> or like do, 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 you know, it's like all happy and goofy whenever they're on screen and they're always doing like, you know, physical comedy, stupid routines. It's, it's bizarre. They saunter a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're basically like, Oh, you know, she's in the city. She's having a good time. You know, I'm sure she'll be back in a couple of days. He's like, every time this happens, you know, they come back in a couple of days and, you know, they, they get their wild oats out or whatever. I'm sure they'll be fine. Well, which is funny. Cause they mentioned that the show ended at 2 AM. Right. And it's nearly dawn. So, okay. We live by a city. If we left this, city at 2 a.m we we'd barely be home before dawn sometimes well yeah but you also got to figure they're they're saying like oh you know they got out of the party they're probably partied and and crashed in the city somewhere right so they're not going to be back until the evening so he says they'll she'll probably be back by like supper time is what they said and they just basically leave yeah and they go back to the station and they kind of like you know check in and try to talk and find out what's going on but they really don't do much of a check in about it but they do um well sorry the, the their car they get the um the 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 criminals get you know driving out in the middle of nowhere and their car breaks down um and they get out of the car uh they basically pull the girls out of the trunk and they go into like the forested area of this street and as they're doing so you see that they are literally right across the street from Mary's house. Yeah. So they somehow left the city and went in a random direction and somehow ended up (laughs) with their car breaking down in front of Mary's house, which is, I mean, the odds of that happening are, yeah, I was going to say zero. (laughs) Astronomical odds. Anyway. So 
they go off into the woods. Um, and then this is when the cops exit the house. They say, oh, look at this car that's broken down. Uh, we should check it out. And they're like, oh, we don't have time. We got to go check in with the city, <laughs> you know, to see if we can find the people. Like, oh, yeah, okay, let's do that. So they, they just leave it there. They don't see anything. Um, and then we go into the woods. Um, and now this part, I'm going to skip over a lot <laughs> because it's just a whole lot of um, sexual assault. <laughs> um, it's not pleasant. It's not yes. good. Um, right. they, yeah, they, <laughs> they do bad things to Phyllis first. And then um, Phyllis runs away. Um, there's a big chase sequence. And then eventually they catch her, assault her some more, and then kill her. Um, now Mary has got left with a uh, heroin boy to as a guard. And she's like trying to convince him that she's like a friend and that he should let her go. Willow. Um, yeah. It calls him Willow. I don't know where that even came from, but Willow is like her nickname for him anyway. So he kind of finally goes, okay, let's go. And then as they're like walking away, they get caught by the other three who had ran after. We should also point out that Mary was given a peace symbol necklace for her birthday by her parents, and then she gave it to Widow for being his friend. So right. he has it now. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah, so they get back um, and then basically assault Mary. <laughs> um, again, bad things happen, and they eventually, like, Mary goes into the the pond i think to like try to clean herself off because he's obviously like in shock after everything that happened so she goes to like kind of clean herself off and then krug just like shoots her and she just like sinks in the pond yep um and so then they basically just go back to the car and they change and they're like well you know we still can't go anywhere the car is broken down what do we do oh well let's just go to this house and say that our car broke down and see if we can just stay there for the night. Uh, and so they go to the house. And of course it's Mary's parents. <laughs> and so they con their way in. Um, and they eat dinner together. And of course there's no hotel. They can't get there because Mary has their car. So they can't drive them anywhere. Their car is broken down. So basically she just says, well, you, there's nowhere else for you to go. So you'll, you could just stay here. Um, so yeah, she makes them all dinner and then they're all, you know, hanging out there. Um, and basically, Heroin Boy doesn't get his heroin. So he starts, like, getting withdrawal. So he's getting the shakes and he's puking and, you know, not generally moaning and wailing and not feeling good uh, in the middle of the night. So the mom goes in there to, like, try to sort of help him. And then when she's helping him, that's when she sees the ne that he's wearing Mary's necklace. Yeah. Um, and after that point, she like helps him, you know, puts him back in the room. And then because they're they're all like crammed into one room, even though she gave them two rooms, but they left their luggage in the other room. So she's looking through their luggage um, and she finds all their bloody clothes in the luggage. Um, and while she finds all the bloody clothes and then she has the necklace, she also hears overhears them in the other room talking about how they killed the daughter. And dumped her in the pond. And they realize that they're in Mary's house. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Because, well, they, they realized that right away when they went in the room. Because pictures of her. They, they were staying in her room. Right. 
And there was pictures of her on the mirror and stuff. And they, you know, they thought it was funny. But they even point out, "What are the chances? Right, zero. Yeah, <laughs> the zero. chances are zero. Um, yeah, we'll get into that later. But um, <clears throat> so she goes, you know, basically goes to the husband and says, like, "Hey, like, I think these people killed our daughter. We have to go check." And so they go to the pond, and they her body is just laying there <laughs> next on the shore of the pond, um, fully clothed again somehow <laughs> and then um they apparently bring the body back in the house and put it on the couch yeah um and then they basically decide that they're going to kill these people <laughs> uh, as as revenge for what they did to their daughter um uh back at the police station i guess this probably happened a little earlier but whatever i'll just talk about it now um the back at the police station the police get a an APB that goes out about the criminals at large and it says the kind of car that they have and it describes the car that was broken down in front of the house uh, so they're like oh I think that was that car we should go back out there and check on it so they get in the car and they're driving out there and of course you know goofy deputy Harry forgot to put gas in the car you idiot right yeah so now they're like you know halfway to nowhere because this place is in the rural middle of nowhere um and so they're like they decide to just leave the car there and walk and then there's like you know a goofy scene where they stop you know like they try to flag down these guys and the guys like flick them off and leave screw them there pigs. yeah screw you and then um they find like <laughs> this old lady that's bringing like chickens to the market or something and they try to ride on the roof of the truck and their weight is too much for the for the truck so that she has to leave them behind i don't anyway it's bizarre so they they don't you know they're slowly making their way to the house but they're on foot and they said um, they're like 10 miles away <laughs> right um so yeah so they're they're doing all that anyway so uh so now they're basically planning the uh the, the killing the mary's parents are now you know, planning the killing. So Mary's dad finds a shotgun, a double barreled shotgun, um, which apparently he's had, but you know, it's very obvious that it's not used very often. Um, he like sets up like these like electrical traps um, by the door and like soaks the rug in water to make sure they'll get electrocuted. He like ties up a bunch of like snares in the house so that they'll trip and fall. He puts like shaving cream in front of their door. Um, and he goes into the room and steals all their shoes yeah. to make sure that they'll be electric. I don't know. It's kind of bizarre how they, how they do it. Um, and then the mom, uh, basically the one guy, creepy weasel gets up, uh, in like the middle of the night and, you know, there's had a weird ass dream where they're torturing him and knocking his teeth out. So he like right. precognitive stuff like, Oh, they're going to get revenge on me. <laughs> so right. it seems like he had like an ounce of regret realizing where he's in to have that type of dream i would say right um yeah so he goes out there and he's all like you know oh trying to hit on the mom and the mom just kind of rolls with it um and then he goes oh you know whatever let's go do our thing outside <laughs> and then he goes outside and she essentially just bites his penis off yep <laughs> um and so he's like howling and screaming outside um, and basically he just, you know, dies <laughs> out there. Um, so uh, she, you know, comes back into the house. Um, they kind of hear the screaming or whatever. So they 
get up. Well, no, actually, the dad went in the room. Oh, he took their gun that they had. He took the gun off the nightstand. And then Krug wakes up after he does that. And then kind of like they have a little scuffle and they like trip and fall over the wire. And they're like, you know, slipping and sliding all over the place. He knocks the lights out um, and he shoots the shotgun and he manages to clip Krug a bit, but it's not enough to to stop him. Um, So they're basically just fighting over, you know, the shotgun and, you know, fighting all over the house. Um, The mom comes back in and then mom and and Sadie are are fighting while dad and Krug are fighting. Um, The fight goes on for quite a while. (laughs) Um, The shotgun, he finally, Krug finally gets the shotgun and goes to pull the trigger and he only had one shell and he already already fired the one. So they did the double barrel wasn't even double barrel, it was a single barrel. Um, so they're fighting. Um, the dad gets knocked into the basement and comes back with a chainsaw. Yes. <laughs> and he's like chasing him around with this chainsaw. And eventually he gets like shocked trying to leave in the, the thing and falls down and then basically gets killed with the chainsaw. Um, the mom kills Sadie. I don't, re- I don't even the remember. Pool. Oh, that's she, right. she, she slits her throat. Yeah, she slits her throat and pushes her in the pool. Um, yeah, so they're all like fighting and stuff, and then as he's stabbing Krug with the chainsaw, the Keystone cops finally show up, and they tell him not to right before he does. Oh, and we uh, also mentioned that Krug, you know, blamed his son and told him to kill himself, so he did. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. the son, he's like, "Go blow your brains out." He's like, "All right," and he just does. Right. Uh, yeah, so they're all dead. Yep. Except for the mom and dad, who the the cops now witness them murdering people. <laughs> so they're probably going to go to jail. Although it's a small town and, and he did eat their cake earlier, so maybe he'll just let them off. I would say so. And the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the end. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, when I was watching this movie, I had to watch a couple parts like multiple times because i was like what is happening because the part where she's in the room um going through the bloody clothes in the in the in the suitcase like i could you you could hear the mumbling from the other room that people were talking but i couldn't hear what they were saying um that it was kind of sort of hot that night so i had the fan on and when the fan's on i can't hear like background mumble noises like that (laughs) Yeah, so right. I didn't, I didn't hear that. So like as, and then it cuts into her going with the husband, going to the pond and going, she's dead, finding her, her daughter. Right. Yeah. And then the very next scene is the dream sequence from weasel. Yes. So it almost seems like they're the same dream. So like, again, I guess if you didn't hear the mumbling, like I didn't hear, I assumed that was a dream. Because having watched the remake, <laughs> the remake, she's alive in the remake. And yes. she, and the daughter makes it through the movie. I mean, obviously, she is, like, messed up. But she lives. And so I'm like, oh, this must be a dream because I know she lives. <laughs> um, yeah, and then later, I don't. you don't really find out that that's true until she then seduces the guy later, which is probably, like, a good 10 minutes, 15 minutes later in the movie. So, like, it was, like, 10 or 15 minutes that I assumed that was just a dream and that she was going to come back at some point before, like, you see her body and you're like, oh, no, she's really dead. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, 
so I had, I had to rewatch that part <laughs> because I was I was lost. I'm like I don't know what is going on. Yeah, this is probably my second time seeing this, second or third, probably only the second. Um, I had watched this uh, when I was getting into horror movies, and I wanted to go for the you know the twisted '70s raw stuff. So I you know did I spit in your grave. And Last House on the Left, all that stuff. Um, it doesn't get any easier to watch. <laughs> no, it, it really doesn't. This, yeah, this is. I mean, I knew I knew what I was getting into on the rewatch, but it still doesn't make it easier. Uh, and you know, especially with how renowned Wes Craven became, you know, twelve years after this, he made Nightmare on Elm Street. Twelve years that was, you know, Scream. And, you know, the wife goes, I'm not watching any of these with you. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't blame her either, <laughs> honestly. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's. I mean, again, I, I left out a lot of disturbing stuff. I mean, there's yes. like, yeah, like Krug, like, literally carves his name into her chest with that knife. I mean, there's like, you know, just weird, bizarre scenes where they, like, forces Phyllis to, like, you know, pee her pants. And I mean, it's just, it's so bizarre. I mean, again, sexual assault is happening a lot and it just did leave that part to you. If you, if you, I mean, watch the movie, you'll see what I'm talking about. I really don't want to describe it. So that's it. No. And we, we knew going into this, we obviously we have to understand that these are products of the era that they are. And they are disturbing, and they are considered some of the first video nasties in other parts of the world, and really rightfully so. Uh, you know, these are hard topics to talk talk about realistically, and that's why I said we're not, as you said, we're not describing this. Go watch it. You know, understand that this is you know a fifty-one-year-old movie, um, but also understand it is these are all revenge movies for basically the same thing. Yeah, more or less. Right. Um so I mean so you said you this is your first time watching it, so mm-hmm. but obviously you felt like the girl was gonna be alive because and, yeah, now remake she, she lives. <laughs> right. Uh you know, so yeah, let's get into the highlights. So what are your highlights? Um highlights in this, uh it had a really bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like that. And, and again, you know, even though it's an old movie and I'd already seen the remake, I got a little bit of a surprise there because she dies in the original. Mm-hmm. I expect usually it's the opposite. No, in this one, no, she's just dead. Like, yeah, again, it was just but it was just so weird because that scene was right next to that dream scene. And I just for some reason assumed it was a dream because I, I was like, oh, no, she's alive. <laughs> she'll she'll make it. No, no, she did not. No. Um, and that just, I mean, yeah, at this time, this is like, I mean, the edge of what the censors would allow at this point in time. I mean, this was the kind of time where a lot of um, the censors were throwing around X ratings and a lot of stuff, you know, like a lot of movies that are just, you know, standard horror movies that we would deal with today. were getting like X ratings because, you know, like the, the morality police was in full effect in the 70s. Um, right. Trying to stop the stuff again that in the UK that ended up with the whole video nasty scare here. It was, it was the MPAA, um, you know, getting a little too overzealous and, and throwing out that X rating. 
for a lot of stuff. Some movies embraced it. Some movies, you know, cut some stuff out just to avoid it. I mean, when we get to the last one on this list, that pretty damn close to the X rating. Well, yeah, and again, <laughs> most of these movies were rated X. Oh, the yeah. first time they were rated, they were X, and they had to make several cuts and changes in order to make them not X. That's why they make a big deal out of seeing the uncut version of the film because technically that the uncut version was rated X or would have been if it released in that form. Right. And this is, you know, and we, we are doing this because we are going to prep for Maxine, which has come out. And, you know, we said before in our kind of a recap of X, you know, that came out by Ty West is a perfect, it really is an homage to these movies. Right. But more tasteful. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's just more modern done. I mean, it's um, I, I think it instead of instead of the sexuality being kind of bad <laughs> as it is in these movies, like all of the, the sexuality in these movies is, is in a bad context. Right. There's no yes. positivity to it at all. And I think the uh, I think X takes the sex part of it and makes it the positive part. Obviously, there's still horrible, bad things that happen. and, and blood and death and murder but the sex part is probably the most positive part of the movie which yeah. is which is the switch from these you know this is the sex is the worst part of the movie whereas x it's the exact opposite but it's the same energy yes the same energy the same presentation and again they actually set it in the 70s for that reason yes uh the highlights for me is you know they <laughs> I felt like the gang was complete sleazeballs. Like, I really felt like they were. You know, and they portrayed, like, that underbelly of, of what they described it as really, really well. And, you know, if, if I was an actor, I'm like, that would be a hard role to take. You know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to imagine... <laughs> All of these people probably had to have a very hard conversation with with yeah. the director and themselves. Is this something I want to do? Is this something I can do? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I felt like the girls were, were the the really the embodiment of the young innocence that they were. You know, I felt like the parents felt like they needed to get revenge. I felt like the, the gang was complete garbage. So, I mean... The portrayals of every character they're doing was, I think, spot on. Not the cops necessarily, but well, again, the cops are like once it's like basically once they get to the point where it's like, wow, this is getting rough. They cut to the cops, and it's yeah. like you know them falling off of the truck and like some old lady laughing at them. It's like that's like they, that's like the palate cleanser that they give you. It's like okay, shit is getting rough. Let's cut away, give them some Keystone cops, then we'll cut back. You know, like that's. How they were like trying to like meter it out. I think. Well, then we have to talk about that because as we did doing the research, the music on this does not pair with this movie in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, that's music, my, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the lows for me too. Is um, I mean, I I looked it up because it was so odd. I'm like, this has to be on purpose, right? Like, this can't be like because they like literally the song is singing the characters' names. And describing yeah. what they're doing in like these goofy upbeat songs, it's bizarre. Yeah, um, and yeah, I know. I figured, yeah, they did it on purpose, and it was for the reason of trying to turn the tropes on their head. Of you know, like you don't have to have scary, you know, tonal music 
you know, when bad things are happening, you can literally just, you know, do a happy, upbeat song to kind of like make you feel even more unease, which is, I right. think, what it did. I mean, the music was so off point, it felt like I was watching Grizzly again because how bad the music was right. with the movie, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, like Krug, the, the character Krug, the, the actor was actually one of the people who made the music for the movie. And again, they're talking interviews with him. He's saying, yeah, we did that on purpose. We were trying to make it even more uneasy by by putting this weird, <laughs> upbeat, odd music in there. It was a conscious choice. Yeah. But yeah, I have to admit, like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a low point. I don't, I don't like it. I understand what it was trying to do, but I think it probably hit better in the seventies. Like that kind of music to me, just is not not doing anything except for making me angry yeah it was bad music it really it, it did and being you know 50 years later yeah maybe as you said it was different then now it just seems so off beat and not in place well because i mean yeah we're talking 72 this is like still really close to like the summer of love you know what i mean so yeah. like that that kind of happy folk rock is what they were going for so we're like, now we don't really have that. <laughs> we don't have a lot of access to that. You know, that's like so old. Nobody really cares about that stuff anymore. So the folk rock doesn't hit like it does, like it did back then. It's like the mamas and papas in the horror movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, other little points for you? <laughs> just the cops. I mean, they're just <laughs> so ridiculous. They so they really Barney fifed it up. And, yeah, it was like again. They even had their own little theme song. It was it was bad. And uh, their theme song was as bad, and it almost felt like in uh, was it Halloween Five? The cops that had their own little music just for that brief like yuck second. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It felt just like that. Yep. Um, uh, and going off your low point, okay, ten miles. I'm not a fast person necessarily, but I can do three miles in probably 40 minutes. <laughs> well, if it you're, took if an you're entire day, right. If you're walking normal walking speed, it takes you about 15 minutes to walk a mile. Yes. So if we're talking 10 miles, that's what? Uh-huh. Two, and a, half two hours? and a half hours. Yeah. Two and, and a half hours. It took them almost like what? 14 <laughs> yeah it was a, they got there in the middle of the night and they started like at noon yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I, i'm just like what is taking them so long yeah and just the the uh, like ridiculousness of like the the criminals leaving the city and just driving and then somehow managing to get not only in the area but their car breaks down in front of her house Yes. Again, a very easily fixed by just saying, hey, you know, like look through her purse or something and say, hey, look, you know, look at this picture of her little happy family. Let's go there and ruin it or something. Right. Yeah. Fixed. Now there's a reason for them to at least be there. Right. right. And like just going by pure chance that that happens. It's ridiculous. Right. If you left the city, I don't think you can hit my house on purpose for most people. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. If you're driving in a random direction, there's no <laughs> way in hell you're going to hit my house. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like, I understand that they had to have the circumstances be there for revenge, but you're right. Just 
a one-line plot point could have driven that home and it made more sense. Right. All right. So while we're getting two out of tens, uh, this week we are doing number of sex crimes out of ten because, well, this is all sex crimes. Yeah, every movie <laughs> has horrible sex crimes. Yes. Uh, so how many sex crimes out of ten do you give this movie? Uh, this movie, I will give, uh, six sex crimes out of 10. It's, it's pretty good, but I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely agree. You know, these movies had to happen to get to the wave of slashers. I feel like people got sick of that. Having all to do with that heavy editing, um, to get off the X rating that led to the slashers that we got in the mid seventies, late seventies. Um, and everyone kind of knows this movie in one way or the other. It is iconic and maybe not for the best reasons, but you know, it's iconic just like Texas Chainsaw is. Um, but you know, Texas Chainsaw was considered a very horrific movie as well, you know, a year later. And um I don't want to watch this again, but it was still it, the movie did what it was meant to do. You know what I mean? It, it exactly is still unnerving 50 years later. And I don't know if it ever will not be. I hope it's never considered normal. Well, yeah, I don't, I highly doubt that. If we're in a place where this movie is normal, we need to push the red button, I think. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. But I, I will give the seven. Um, will I watch again? Probably not. Well, I watched the remake more so, yeah, because it didn't. It, the remake didn't hit the same way. I don't think. Well, no, because it. yeah, the, the, the main <laughs> death didn't happen in that one, right? Yeah, just for that. I, I mean, it's a, it is a is it a good movie? Yes. Is it the product of its time? Yeah, it absolutely is. Is it hard to watch? Very much so, but still does what it's supposed to do. So seven for me. Ah. <sighs> Now we get into the uh the 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 disgusting meat in this sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie. <laughs> I couldn't find it because I kept typing in the name wrong. I, I was I thought it was don't go in the basement. And I'm like, I can't find this movie anywhere. <laughs> but it's it's don't look in the basement. Yes. So if you've never heard of this, good on you. Um, if you have seen this, I am very, very sorry. Uh, this is would have been a perfect Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie if they cut out a lot of stuff. But it's that type of feels. And I'll give you the general description. The best way to describe it is go to any improv show and suggest mental patience in an award, in an asylum. And this is the every stereotype of trope of what you'd expect that to outcome to be. They're all in this movie. <laughs> yeah. You want, you want soldier that's stuck in the war. You got it. Doesn't you matter want, what war. Yeah. yeah. You want, you want the withdrawn woman that doesn't say anything. and just stands in the corner. You got it. You want the lady who can't get over the death of her baby and holds the baby doll and pretends like it's her baby all the time. You got it. <laughs> you have the guy who thinks he's in a higher position of power, like a president or mayor. You got, you got the simpleton that had, the lobotomy, you got it. You have right. the woman that just wants to be with a man, and that's all she can think about. You got it. I mean, that's 
that's it. That's yeah. <laughs> and the other guy just that just screams hysterically. Yep. Got it. That that's it. Yeah. I could have picked any of those out of random hats. <laughs> And I think I could have portrayed them just as well in this movie. Oh Jesus! I think you could you could pick up ten people off the street that yeah. have never acted before in their lives, and they could act better than these people are. These this Correct. movie is horrific. Correct. And we want to say this is a you know straight to VHS recording, the recorded on VHS, and then convert. No. This is this well, is a it predates VHS. <laughs> it can't even be that. It's somebody um, paid to have this filmed. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Somehow it's this is also considered video nasty. It's just nasty because it's awful. Oh, it's from the makers of the Left. Are you yeah. kidding me? Uh-huh. Well, it's like how they say it, like from the producers of like okay <laughs> that's not that they didn't do anything creatively with this you can't say that's from the producers of was it really released by hallmark <laughs> it might this, have... <laughs> this was shot in 12 days on a budget <laughs> less than 100 no shit what a shock i know um <laughs> so we'll, we'll i'll try to oh by the way this is also called don't look in, uh the forgotten Death Ward 13, all all this stuff, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, that's probably why we had issues finding it, because it has many names. Um, so essentially, as we said, these this all takes place in a mental health institute with, like I said, all the tropes to, to no end. Which is um, just a house in yeah. a rural area. It is, don't picture a hospital, because it is not a it hospital. Is. It is a big farmhouse in the middle of rural somewhere. This is probably where Dr. Loomis would have liked to have been. <laughs> well, no one could see him and, and being a poor what, So he could doctor. have kids line up to practice his shooting skills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, essentially what happens is we are kind of um, meet an older nurse that is kind of doing her rounds at I guess his name after Dr. Stevens or Stevens Sanatorium. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, is Dr. Stevens. So it's his. And he has this crazy idea that he's going to treat patients uh, by letting them give into their fantasies. Right. Is that a good way of describing it? Yeah. They try to say, like, yeah, they get to the point of their obsession. And then they try to push them past that point so that they snap out of it. Yeah. So like, yeah, their brain has to like collapse on itself because it can't cope or whatever. So, I mean, it's asinine. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense, but yeah, that's what they're saying. Yes. Right. Um, and she's kind of going around and, you know, someone essentially threatens her life. Uh, you know, what, I don't remember which, who it was. Was it the elderly lady or was it the whatever? One of the patients threatened her life and she's like, Alright, I'm retiring. I'm old. I'm not dealing with this shit. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't think they say who threatened her. I think she just says she can't take it anymore. Yeah. She might have said she was threatened, but like as this movie goes on, it's like everyone threatens everyone. So I'm pretty sure all yeah. of them did at one point in time. Yes. Yeah, so um she, she goes out to the doctor who has the guy who thinks he's the mayor 
with an axe. The judge. He thinks judge, he's a judge. judge. Yeah. Come on, judge. Come on, judge. <laughs> uh, and exactly what you think happens happens is the, the doctor gets the axe to him from the judge. He dead. Um, right. And, and the blood looks like Kool-Aid. It looks like he spilled some Kool-Aid on his shirt. Yes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there's like, oh, shit. I, now I definitely got to go. And she starts to uh, um, pack up and is like, I'm out of here. I don't know where, how she's getting to and from there. I don't see any form of transportation. There. Well, if, I would hoof it. If, if I was her, I would just. <laughs> <laughs> no way I'm staying there. Um, but, you know, we see a hand steal what we presume to be the baby. The baby lady goes crazy. And she accuses the elderly nurse of stealing her baby, so she uh, kills her and then, I guess, shuts the suitcase around her neck and decapitates her or something like that. You don't really see it. Right. Um, so, th- yeah, that's pretty much about it. Um, yeah, so, you know, she's dead, the doctor's dead, and there's one remaining doctor, uh, Dr. Masters. And then we get the. Uh, absurdly skinny nurse. She goes, "Hey, I'm here. I applied three weeks ago. I left my job." Um, and they had just a just a rousing conversation of not believing her of how she got here and why she's really there. Um, you know, she's like, "Okay, I guess you can stay here." They kind of go through the patient charge. She starts going through the patient charge, describing these people and saying them. We get the background stories of everyone, and then she hides a couple of cards in there, and you know. Detective Sleuths will tell you, okay, something's wrong with her. I immediately picked it up, the twist. I don't know about you. I don't think I was paying enough attention. <laughs> I was Because, I mean, attention. after about five minutes into this movie, I'm like, I don't think I need to give this movie my full attention. <laughs> because no. it, was, it was painful. It was hurting me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, essentially, that's... What happens? Like I said we get the background of everyone. We get Sam, who's lobotomized just a couple weeks ago. He, you know, gentle giant, all that jazz. Um, a song cuts the phone line, and the doctor is the new nurse is trying to call out, and she can't get us. So they get the telephone man in there to go into this closet. I thought for sure there was be a body in the closet, but no. Then he tries to get seduced by the nymphomaniac. Okay. Well, here, yeah, yeah, that's it. This is like a, the perfect scene to describe what I don't like about this movie. Um, the the guy wanders into the house. Nothing is locked. <laughs> Everything yeah. is wide open. No one's there. And he's wandering through the house. And he has like personal interactions with like four of these inmates. Yeah. Right. And they're all like wacky trying to riff off each other. Like trying to like get a yuck out of every. I don't know what they're doing. But it's like, yeah, the old lady who just got her tongue cut out is like mumbling. And then the judge is like trying to speak for her, but keep repeating his own name over and over and saying he's a judge. And like everybody, again, everybody just like doing their, you know, improv one, you know, facet (laughs) character over and over again, like trying to talk to this fucking phone man. And the scene goes on for like 15 minutes. This is not a long movie. No, <laughs> I'm like, what the? F-? Well, maybe not 15, maybe 10. But it went on for like 10 minutes. Forever. Yeah, and all of that stuff. And then he was like, the 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 mean nurse finally found him, gives him this long lecture about how he shouldn't be here, he shouldn't be interacting with them. It's like, lady, you left the front door wide open. 
Like if you're really that concerned, like you need to get some security in here. Well, um, considering two people were killed and right. everything's still unlocked. Right. And then she shows him the closet where the phone equipment is, tells him not to leave and then leaves him there. So like, of course you're in a house of crazy people. What's going to happen. They're going to go to him, which is of course what happens. Yes. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the nymphomaniac, her her main role is she wants sex and she constantly rips her top off. Yep. You love me. You know, like, oh, her husband left her for a younger woman and she looks like she's like 22 <laughs> right away. Um, That's a hard 22. I would say yeah. she looks about 30. Maybe. Uh, you know, the Dr. Masters told the new nurse, uh, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte Beale. Um, you know, she did it to herself. She ripped out her own tongue. She's like, uh, I don't think so, but okay. Like they find her just blood splattered everywhere and she just seems fine. You know, tongue sewed up and taken care of a lot more just crazy rantings. I hate to say crazy rantings, but it's just, sorry, improv rantings um, (laughs) across the scenes of everything. Uh, the nympho tries to sleep with the judge, you know, man, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you know, the new nurse Beale is convinced that her life's in danger and yeah, rightfully so. She snaps within like a day of being there because first off her bedroom door's not locked in the middle of the night, which I would have it locked in the middle of the night. God, the free reign of of someone that maybe ripped out their own tongue, someone that killed the nurse, someone that killed the doctor. And I don't think we ever see the telephone repair guy again. Oh, we do. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. He's still there, but in a telephone closet. <laughs> um, uh, and there's kind of this going back and forth, you know, the, the mute woman, uh, the doctor masters finds her medicine and you know, she was stealing from medicine, which, you know, didn't have a key again. Like, hardcore drugs, not locked up. And this is an interesting way to help take care of the mentally ill. I just clearly this didn't work. And it seemed like they'd only been there for, like, what, a month altogether? They said they, he just started this. I I don't know. I have no so idea. I don't, th- I don't think his meth is going to take on. Uh, let's just go with that. No, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and this is kind of where we get the. Someone said, "Oh, you know, Doctor Masters is also a patient." Dun dun dun. The twist I saw coming immediately. The wife who watched five minutes of it said, "Yes, that makes sense. That's why it's that way." Um, but they threw in another twist. The other twist is uh, that Nurse Beale is also a patient. That's what that's she's told. Um, not that you can necessarily believe any of that, but <clears throat> anyway, she realizes her life is kind of in danger. She starts finding bodies one by one. Uh, she tries to escape. Um, everyone knows and the master is the patient. And finally, all of a sudden, all finally everything's locked up like you see dr master start losing her mind and losing the charade um 
you know, Sam was talking about, you know, oh, I got this watch from Dr. Stevens. He says, give it to you. And then we kind of get the, you know, uh, don't go in, don't look in the basement. You, know, you can't go in the basement. She goes in the basement and what she sees that the Dr. Stevens really wasn't dead. Uh, but she, but he scared her enough that she did kill him. <laughs> yeah, she beat him to death with what appeared to be a brick of cocaine. <laughs> It was uh, like uh, it looked yeah. like it looked like drugs wrapped up in a garbage bag wrapped up with duct tape. Like I don't know what it was supposed to be, but that's what it appeared to be. Yes. Um. So, essentially, Nurse Beal escapes, and then all the 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 patients essentially start killing each other. And Nurse Masters. And then Sam, the gentle giant, just whoever's left alive, he just killed. Right. Yep. Uh, so Nurse Beale gets out, and Sam, you see Sam is still alive, and he's just eating a popsicle. Yep. That's it. And the movie. Uh, yeah. I could describe more, but I don't think I need to. That, no, <laughs> man. Again, this, all that happens. I had to pause and walk away from this movie. <laughs> A, a lot of times, like it was, it was so painful to watch. Um, now is is the is is the sexual assaults as flagrant as Last House Left? No. Um. Well, it's and, more like it's it's sexual assault, but it's a woman on a man. Correct. So that that's why you may be thinking that they're not as bad. <laughs> no, the, the the movie the movie itself was unnerving, not because of the content, just how everything was shot and acting. Well, yeah, um, yeah. everything is just yeah, it's, uh, it's not scary. It's scary how bad it is. It's scary that people movies like this can get made, and it really makes me think I could do one too for better. <laughs> if you want to make a movie this bad, sure, I have faith in you. I don't think I can make it worse. Oh, it's <laughs> always worse, man. Uh yeah, first thought was this is awful. Uh this could have been an MSC3K episode. It's that bad. And like I said, there's probably reasons why we had hard times finding this to view it because no one cares enough to yeah. I don't think I, got, I don't think it's getting a 4K Blu-ray remaster. No. <laughs> Uh, like I said, this movie would have been, I think, better served as a concept for like, you know, like a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. Like all of the things that happened, you could just condense <laughs> into, you know, one 30 minute thing and it would be totally fine. I completely agree. I mean, that's. that You're right. And like I said, you said you had a hard time even just struggling sitting down to watch this movie. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I, mean, I kept other, I kept catching myself doing other things. You know, I was like, "Oh, let look at my phone." No, 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 no. Watch it. Like, oh, I'll, I'll look up. You know, just walk through on this game I'm playing. No, no, no. Don't do that. Watch the movie. <laughs> uh, so, what was your first author? And you had a hard time watching it. How? Um, just like how bad it is. I was like, "Is this a bootleg?" Because <laughs> it was. It's so such bad quality that I'm like. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like a bootleg. I think it's just this bad. I think, the, I think the pictures is just intentionally this bad or just 
by incidence this bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. The first time watching it, I was like, "This is this is pointless. This is stupid. I don't want to watch this anymore." And if these, if, if this truly is by the makers of Last House of the Boy, they slipped hard. Well, again, if they say the makers. We know that the director and the writers are not a part of it. So right. it's like the makers is like I don't know. I don't know what production company. Using. Yeah. Again, the producers. That doesn't matter much. Yeah, I'm not saying that all producers don't do anything. I'm just saying that most producers, especially horror producers, don't do anything creatively. Yeah, uh, I'll go into my highlights. Um, the highlight was the movie ended. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I don't think I don't think Nurse Beal and I don't think Nurse Master Doctor Masters were bad in comparison to anything else. I I think. I think I disagree. You disagree? And compared to everyone else? You don't think, you think I think they're bad? all bad. I don't think there's anything redeemable about the acting or these people. So do you have any highlights then? Um I do like the bad ending. I yeah. like that everybody just kills each other and then they just die. <laughs> I mean that's that's interesting enough for me but that was that was about it oh here's another highlight it's not a franchise yeah well, <laughs> yeah i should be thankful that everybody died so they can't bring them back a second time yeah i i think low points as we said the the acting the the just improv group that they found like walked into a grocery store like who can do improv me you're hired um yeah, like again I, I usually you know I, a little piece of paper where i write write down notes as i'm watching you know yeah and i set across one line for for every you know high low all that stuff i've right. never had a problem with keeping everything on one line until this movie there was so many low points that i literally ran out of space and i had to double write on the same line because there was so many things that were annoying me uh and like i i get like the the theory that dr stevens had might be a sound theory but the execution of it was just abysmal well okay all right i'll 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 go into a little bit of what i was writing on this thing now if you've ever been in the mental health industry right Uh um People that are in that level of state. So we're talking like these are like people with like schizophrenia. These are people with severe like detachment from reality issues. Um, You can have lucid periods with with them. You can talk to them. They're not monsters, right? Uh, You can have periods of, of talking with them and stuff like that. But when they get deep into their delusions, they can be dangerous. And everyone knows that that is why they are in an institution. Now, as a doctor with multiple people here, I I understand trying to do that with every patient, you know, when you're in your sessions with them and working with them. I'm not saying he wouldn't he would have locked them up all the time. He would not have. But you also have to realize that. okay, so like the, the one nurse, well, technically both nurses were probably patients themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was a doctor doing this by himself with what, 10 dangerous patience with with the great 
with the world's easiest access to the world's sharpest things. Right. But <laughs> I'm saying, like, these are people that are potentially dangerous. I mean, it, it seems yeah. like they, they've hurt people before, and that's why he's working with them. But, like, again, like, if they have a tendency for violence, you have to make sure that, the at, le- at the very least, the other patients are safe. And we yeah. continually see time and time again that, like, well, maybe these patients are under control. They are not. I mean, we're talking from step one. They are, intim- they are you know, intimidating each other. They're messing around with each other. They're making each other freak out. They're like, you know, like, again, in a mental institution, you don't want to upset the norm. <laughs> you upset the norm and then routines get broken and that's when bad things happen and this is that this movie is like continually about so like the people who wrote this had no idea about real mental health at all there is no way that this would ever happen again like how this guy got a license because it's not like he's doing this in private he's got a big old sign out front that says steven's sanitarium it's not like this somehow this is a legal thing there is no way the state would not license this place, would not let you practice medicine in this place if there wasn't, like, you know, protections there. Like, he has no orderlies, no security, no nothing, not even a locked door in this entire place. Like, how can you possibly try to heal people in this situation? It is literally impossible. I don't care what methods you're trying to use on your individual patients. If they're able to just attack each other at will. How the hell are you trying to enforce anything? Yeah. And the sound sucked. (laughs) Oh, that too. The music was like, (laughs) literally somebody got like, you know, my first Fisher Price synthesizer (laughs) and was like hitting the same three notes over and over and over again. It was like, and that's, it was the same thing every time didn't matter if it was a scary scene or a happy scene or whatever it was the same like three notes on this fisher price synthesizer thing i understand it's the early 70s but you can do better than that <laughs> it was it was horrible but yeah the, the the whole idea of this sanitarium just pissed me off and you know there's somebody like again i'm not even going to go into all the stuff that i wrote down because it's <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's easier to say it's just bad, but the, those are the main things that I did. <sighs> yeah. It, it was. And I would say, do you think this is the worst of the four? Yes. Okay. Well then uh, let's go into our number of sex crimes out of 10 on this one. This is one. For me, like, I, 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 I need to have a good night of drinking to expunge this movie from my head. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? How many, how many sex crimes? Um, this is this is one sex crime out of ten for me as well. Um, I give it a, a positive number here simply because I like that they all died at the end. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a nice ending that I wanted all these people to just shut up forever. And now they are. And what's you know, when we were when we were making the list for this podcast, you know, we, we do our research and try to find stuff that's kinda of in the same vein. We have we have you know, sometimes we have a fully fleshed out list that we break up stuff like that. Other times we do research and try to find other movies in the seventies that fit this category. And this movie was in this list of movies like Last House on the Left. I don't know how, 
Well, if we, okay. If you look at the poster for this, you can very clearly see that they were trying to fit into this niche. Um, yeah. cause like on the poster, it's like a screaming woman, like just like how the other ones are. And it says like, uh, you may, you know, suffer, you know, panic attacks while watching this movie. We recommend that you just tell yourself, uh, over and over again, it's only a movie. And then they repeat, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. You know, and it keeps getting smaller and smaller underneath it. But like, it tries to show you that this is like, oh, you know, you need to avoid fainting. You know, like the horrible things happen in this movie. You know? Like, again, a lot of horror movies do that stuff. But it was yeah. at this point in time, they were very much trying to go off of that kind of subgenre that was building at that time with this movie. I don't think it necessarily fits, but they were very much trying to fit it in. They're trying to. I'm not going to say a square peg in a round hole, but maybe like an octagon <laughs> in a round <laughs> hole. You know, like technically it'll fit in the hole, but it's not really supposed to be there. Uh, I can say that if I had rented this movie when I was in the horror movies, based on the box art, you'd be like, oh, it's from people that made Last I Left, therefore I should like it. And that was a, that's a cheap trick. Well, yeah, oh. I never listen to that. I, again, I always look at the names. If it's director, writer, you know, like some major, you know, <laughs> you know creative force th- that made this and something else, okay, I'll believe you. But if you tell me it's from the producers of, like, yeah, I don't care. If you're not even going to name them, <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> care like this. No, we're not doing that. From the third cousin of the sound guy's well, that's like <laughs> all those movies that like, you know, uh, the like the super parody movies. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like I don't I don't I haven't seen the movie. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just going to use it as an example, like Meet the Spartans. Oh, that was awful. Yeah. But they go like from the producers of, you know, like Scary you're movie. not you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> OK, yeah. you are not fooling anyone. Like we know the creative team behind Scary Movie did not make this movie. Not at all. Right. So a but guy, they say from the producers of. A guy who who said one stupid line in the script that was written down and crossed off. Yeah, he's on that list. And therefore, right. he made that movie. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't listen to any when they say made by. I don't care. You're obviously putting it on there to try to pull people in. And I don't believe you. Yeah. Okay. So <sighs> let's get into Axe or the California Axe Massacre, I guess, was another name for it, I believe. Which is, uh, yeah, a very, uh, I mean, Don't Look in the Basement is not a good title for that movie because they never even say that in the movie. Correct. Like, there's really not, then no one ever tells anybody not to look in the basement at all. It's just you end up finding out that there's something in the basement later, but then they are free to enter it. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, this one is like, um, how many kills with an axe are there? Uh, One. Exactly. Exactly. I would not call one kill a massacre. And I'm pretty sure she used a hatchet more than that. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> unclear on what uh, the term axe refers to. There is an axe in the movie. It is just not used. Correct. Um. Uh, and the axe was used to kill a chicken. So. Correct. Yes, um, it was a, a chicken, but not a person. Correct. Um, so let me just, I'll do the generalization. I'll just throw this into the first thought too, Ice. If you, if, if you think Reservoir Dogs, Quentin Tarantino, Obsession with Feet, and if he made uh, his take on 
last house on the left in 1974. <laughs> because, boy, how do they show her feet a lot. Well, they, yeah, they keep showing her feet because she doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but, I mean, like, the, the suits. And, you know, the, the cutting and obsession with feet. That's why I said Quentin Tarantino made a video nasty in the 70s. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, like, well, not necessarily, I'm not going to say this movie, but I'm saying, like, probably the movies that this movie is stealing from are the ones that he was trying to pay homage to in his movies. Right, but on, like, a 20th of the budget. Well, not probably way less than that. <laughs> well, this had, this, this had a quarter of the budget of Don't Look in the Basement. <laughs> <laughs> Which surprises so, me because this is better than Don't Look in the Basement. Yeah. So, anyway, we we meet. I don't like. You assume maybe cops at the beginning. No. Well, but they're like Reservoir Dogs dressed. Two of them are. One is a beatnik hippie, essentially. Well, yeah, he's got the goofy fro. Yeah, he's got well, he's got the the fro and like the fro beard, like that whole seventies yep. fro combo. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they're they go into apartment complex. They're going on the twelfth floor. They're waiting for a guy. Uh, one guy's personality is he smokes. Um, another one is he likes to click on the freaking. Um, Stock? I don't want guns. The hammer. <laughs> the hammer. It's the same guy. <laughs> okay, yeah, the smoking, the cigar smoking guy is the same guy that's playing with the hammer. On the which game. I gotta say, it's probably not good for a gun. No, and that's that's Lomax is that yeah. guy. And yeah, so we have Lomax, Steel, and yeah. Billy. Yeah, Billy is the, the fro man. Yeah, and two of them are dressed nicely. Suits and ties, right? Like I said, Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, they go there and like, oh, you know, we have to get this guy. I don't know if I recall why they're there. To begin with. No, they never say. No. And it seemed like they're just kind of interrogating him and somehow they just beat him to death. Uh, yes. And his and his lover jumps out the window. Well, he jumped up from 16 to 12. Oh, okay. That makes a difference. Well, don't forget, they beat him to death with a baby doll. Yes. <laughs> Which is pretty impressive, right? I well, they have superhuman strength, <laughs> plastic baby doll. I'm like, why are you showing this? I understand, like, probably trying to put some imagery in this movie, but like, that's dumb. Um, I also got to point this out that they like the script so much they literally say the same line at least twice every single time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's how you that's how you double the size of your script. You just repeat the line twice. There you go. Make sure <laughs> they get hear to this, you. To get to this hour runtime. <laughs> um. So anyway, so they're like, okay, now they're driving through the countryside. Um, you know, it, it really seems like to me that the uh, Billy didn't want to be there and wasn't part of them because he doesn't dress like them. He didn't seem to have the same attitude as them. So I don't know. Well, yeah, he was upset that they beat the guy to death. He's like, you didn't tell me you were going to kill him. Right. It's like, so okay. maybe this is like his initiation into whatever this group is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Before he gets his suit. It's never explained, you know, at all. There's no background on anything. Um, But they go to, I guess, 7-Eleven. 
Um, and take a bite of the apple. Oh, this is bad. Why are you throwing why are you bad fruit? The clerk's like, take another one. He starts throwing all the fruit at her. And then he starts, then uh, the other guy comes in and starts, you know, little Max starts tossing the fruit up to sh- have him shoot at it. And he misses all of it. And then they harass sexually the, the female attendant. Clerk. Sexual assault. Sexual assault. <laughs> um, and they're like, you know, he's going to try to do like a William Tell and have her put the apple on her head. Misses, shoots a ketchup bottle, and you know, falls onto her head, which is the same color as the blood. Mind you, the ketchup is the same color as the blood in this movie. I'm just throwing it out there right now. Yeah, everything red food wise in this movie is the same color as the blood. Um, and they dump uh pop on her. Um, we are introduced to uh Lisa, who indeterminate age, I would say. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. 16, 17, my guess. I was going to say like 20, but whatever, young. Yeah. Um, You know, she... Her... I guess her grandfather is kind of catatonic, um, but still able to eat a little bit. Uh, They arrive there, and they're just going to say, hey, you know, we have a guy who's sick. Can we stay the night here? And if she agrees... Um, she cooks them. Well, I don't think uh, she. I don't think she agrees. I think they just walk. They just keep moving in, and she's just like fine. And just deals with it. Yeah, she doesn't have very many lines. No, she doesn't talk like almost at all. She just like get, keeps rolling with the punches as they happen. Yeah. Um, and she's you know. Well, they find out that oh, she you know, where are your parents? I don't have parents. It's just me and my grandfather. Okay. Um. So I said, grandfather is catatonic but still able to kind of be spoon spoon fed that's one of the things that's one of the things that so one of the things that bother me is that they keep saying he's paralyzed yes um there is a difference between paralyzation and catatonia you know what i mean like he's catatonic can still speak right i mean like he's not (laughs) paralyzed he's in a catatonic state like he's not responding to the world around him he's not paralyzed correct usually if your paralyzation reaches that far up into your head you're on a breathing apparatus. Well, you yeah, you have to yourself. be because your yeah. body is literally dead. Right. But he's still able to eat. Whatever. Right. Yeah, he can breathe on his own and eat, and he never moves from the chair. So Correct. Um, so anyway, she cooks him. Look, chicken they just killed. She just killed earlier in the day. Uh, and she goes, you know, kind of leaves him there. Uh, we find out, I guess, the cops are searching for them for some undisclosed crimes. I don't know. I don't well, care. I mean, they committed two crimes on the way there, so. Yeah. Um. So, I guess Lisa goes upstairs. She's going she's gonna, to, like, slit her wrist, almost. Uh, but she stops it off from Billy, who's one pretending to be sick. Um, And then we get the sexual assault scene where Lomax tries to try himself on uh, Lisa, and she just happens to have that razor blade she was going to cut herself with and just, like, starts carving into his neck. The back of his neck. back of his neck while he's on top of her, which I don't believe she'd be able to get him off of her, let alone drag her body into the bathtub where then she dismembers him, puts him into the trunk, and then, like, the worst cleanup job I've ever seen. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Spoiler. I'm just going to say one of my low points now because this is, it doesn't make any sense to me. No. Okay. One is like, yeah, she kills him. Uh, she takes out a trunk from her closet. Yes. She puts the body in the trunk and pushes it to the bathroom. Okay. Then yes. she takes his body out of the trunk, puts him in the bathtub, chops him up into little bits and pieces, and then puts him back in the trunk. Yes. And now she can't move the trunk out of the bathroom. Correct. You just put him in the trunk, moved it to the bathroom, moved him out of the trunk into the bathtub, and then put him back in the trunk, and now she can't move it? And there's less weight because the blood's in the trunk. Right. I'm like, what the, what is going on? Like, it, again, it's like you forgot the part where she got it in there without an issue because she pushed him in there in the middle of the night. Yes. Without waking anybody up, and the one and the way the way she's trying to push it out of this thing, she's making these ungodly noises. And then the one guy Billy comes to help her, and he's like slamming this thing around. Like there's no way in hell she did this quietly. No, in the middle of the night, it's like it's so bizarre that it's just on one side of this she just does it without any problems at all, and on the other side of this now she can't do anything by herself. Right. I said her her cleanup job was she did one pass of a towel on the blood on the tile, and then you get into the cracks there, so it's still there. And then, you know, she cleans herself up, changes clothes, and then goes back to sleep on the blood-soaked bed. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Billy helps her put it into the attic, and he's like, oh, this is covered in blood. Um, and she said, he opens it up, and Billy sees that it's Lomax. He's like, oh, Steel killed him. So they go into the woods, try to talk about getting out of there. Like, she's going to try to kill him, but she's like, oh, here, here have my straight blade. You can take Steel for me. Cool. Um. So yeah, they then he's like eating a sandwich, and then um, and then Steel goes, "Where's Lomax? You did something with him." And then she's like, "Okay, we're gonna give your grandfather show up because he watches a television that doesn't have that has like the porn scramble, <laughs> right? So you can't really you can hear everything, and they're watching like it was clearly the uh." Uh, the newlywed show. <laughs> you know, how would you describe your husband? What kind of animal is your husband in bed? A lion or a tiger or like something else? Like that's the newlywed game. <laughs> yeah. But scramble because they don't have the rights to it. Um, And then, yeah, so then uh, essentially then they have a kerfuffle and she just takes a hatchet for chopping wood and then kills steel pretty handily. Right. Um, and stuffs them into the fireplace. Yeah. Up the chimney. It, yeah. Up the chimney. Like I said, she has like this superhuman strength when nobody's looking at her. Like when the camera is not on her, <laughs> she has superhuman strength. As soon as the camera comes back, she's unable to do anything. Else. Correct. Um, and then she makes her grandfather clearly, clearly a Campbell's tomato soup. Uh, and it's like the same color as the blood, and you know they're they're eating it, and it's like, oh, maybe there's blood in here, so she might be feeling, feeding her grandfather blood of steel. Um, and Billy realizes because he sees like the ring that he wears in his soup, right? Uh, and then his body comes out of the chimney and scares him. He runs out. The cops arrive, and a guy's running from the house, and then they shoot, instant kill him in the head, and they turn over. Hey, that is one of the guys. Yep. <laughs> the end. 
Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they do that weird when he's running out the front door. They do like this weird freeze frame. Yeah. So like, yeah, we hear all these gunshots and stuff, but nothing is moving. And then yeah. and then it cuts to that scene of them kicking him over. So I don't know what happened to the original. Film. They didn't know who he was, but they yeah. a guy's running the house. And he just shoots, start shooting at him. Oh, yeah, that I mean that tracks. And then you go, oh, that was the guy. Phew. <laughs> right. <laughs> Movie over. That's it. Movie over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, now I'm I'm a mention one of your favorite movies of all time here that was as we discussed nearly uh, recap. Uh, I feel that Lisa was the inspiration for Pearl. <laughs> um, uh, sure. Yeah, I can see that parts. Of They're it, very yeah. similar. Yeah. That that was my first thought. And my second thought was, I am glad this is only an hour long <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, okay. It's better than Don't Look in the Basement. That is a fact. Um, but it's still not a good movie. No. It is like, I mean, again, the concept is better than Don't Look in the Basement. The, like, the presentation is better. Um, obviously, I don't know how they got it done with the budget that they had, but they did. I mean, it was. It's okay. They they did the best with what they had, I guess. Right. Um, but I'll say what my high is just. I mean, the concept of it was interesting. You know, like the the story, the base level story of this was interesting, right? Yeah. Um, I like I like that. <laughs> that's that's yeah. And like this. The blood is, it really looks like it could have been Heinz ketchup or Campbell's tomatoes. No, the blood in this movie is very clearly red paint. Um, oh, it is very clearly yeah. red it smears paint. smears like paint, doesn't it? Well, yeah. it's it's very thick. You know, like when you take paint, like, you know, like liquid paint and like pour it out of a paint can. It's yeah. got that thickness to it and how it doesn't, it like takes a while for it to like settle. But when it settles, it doesn't, it, it still has that like meniscus over the top of it, you know? Like, that's how the blood drips in this movie. It drips, like, it just like paint does out of a paint can. So it is very clearly just red paint. <laughs> so I mean, it's like, it's like going was, back to, like... Viscosity. <laughs> yeah, it's like, they, it's like back to, like, spaghetti western blood. Yes. It's like yes, very as, clearly yeah. just plain old red paint that they didn't even try to thin down or anything. It's just red paint. <sighs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I agree that the highlights. I mean, could they have added fifteen more minutes of exposition? Like, we don't know who these guys are. We just assume they're bad guys, and they turn out to be bad guys. But we don't know what they're doing, why they're doing it. They just go from point A to point B with as little dialogue as possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with not getting their background. I mean, we know they're criminals. I mean, at the, that opening scene shows that they're all criminals working together for some reason. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't get the reason as to why they decided to just go rogue because they, they feel like professionals. Yes. Like they feel like they were sent there to send a message to that guy. And either now they're on the run because they killed him and they weren't supposed to. So now like their employer is mad at them. And so they're they're skipping town because of that, or you know they're skipping town because you know they maybe know this guy, 
and like the police will peg it on him or something. And that and to me, that's why I said it's they remind me of of Reservoir Dogs. Well, yeah, like that, the that first scene, yeah, yeah, like the first scene, right, and then the second scene erases all that. Yes, it's like yeah, the <laughs> second scene they like go to this, like some random Seven Eleven and start like shooting and like assaulting the poor cashier lady. Like yeah. obviously these people are not professionals. Like these people now they're just psychopaths. So it's like something happened to like make them go rogue. Yeah, but like why? Because Billy seemed to be having a conscious of faith at some point in time. He ended up going the wrong way at the end but like yeah so that whole like arc was pointless <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't understand what was going on there yeah yeah do you have any other highlights though <laughs> no no uh low points it once again this is, seems to be a product of Last house on the left, and for doing it cheaper. Um, once again, so still considered a video nasty, and I, I don't know. I it, it's I I don't know how else to describe it. Like it, you know, it's always like introducing this Leslie Lee, and like this is like the big marketing thing. Is Leslie, like I can't find her name anywhere or really much about her. Well, they do that all the time where they think that somebody is going to be a star in the future. And like you have like a movie like this where she doesn't really have the chance to shine. Right. Because I don't know if they told her to like act like your character is just like super depressed all the time, <laughs> you know, and like depressed to the point where they don't even want to talk when people talk to them. Like that's literally how she portrays the character. Like just yeah. this mouse that just doesn't like respond to other people only when like directly spoken to yes so yeah I, again I, that might have been direction that might have been the writing i don't know but so if she was good she didn't have the chance to shine but my feeling is this movie probably just took her out of acting uh yeah that's sorry hold on uh Let's look at all three of her credits. Uh, she was a narrator in one episode of American Playhouse, and she played Lisa in Bloody Brothers 30 years later. And guess what? Bloody Brothers has Steel, Billy, Lomax. Oh, yeah. It's probably a remake or like a. Uh, it's the same people. Fan project. It's yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's probably a, a revival or something. Yeah, sorry. It's combined footage from two separate films by the same director. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, there you go. That's her that's her repertoire. Um, low, what about low points for you? Um, no, we already went over most of them. I mean, yeah. the blood very clearly being red paint. They didn't even try. <laughs> They're just like, we need something red. Here, use paint. And then, like, they use, like, ketchup and, and tomato soup for other stuff. But, like, they tried to make it seem bloody, and it just was not. <laughs> it just was not at all. It was very clearly just red paint and very badly done. And then um, the superhuman strength. <laughs> well, yeah, superhuman strength when the camera's not on her. The whole catatonic slash paralyzed confusion. And the whole, like, yeah, well, yeah, the trunk and the chimney, like, superhuman <laughs> strength. And then when people are like, hey, how'd you do this? Oh, I don't know. I can't do it now. Can you help me? It's just right. ridiculous. I don't know. Oh, and then, you know, they were able to beat a guy to death with a plastic doll. 
So they also had superhuman strength. So there, this must be a different a parallel dimension where th- physics are different <laughs> in our world. Right. Uh, so how many sex crimes out of 10 do you give this one? Um, uh, I don't know. It's, again, and that is, it's not as bad as Don't Look in the Basement. I'll give this one uh, a 2.5. 2.5 sex crimes out of 10. Yeah, I'm just doing two. <laughs> it was not good. I don't care to watch this again. And maybe the same night I drink, it will wipe both these movies from, from my memory because they are awful. Like, I, we don't generally, yes, we rip into movies a lot. We always have highlights and low points, but like, this is in probably top, bottom 10 of worst movies we've watched. Both these these last two. Yeah, I mean that's fair. So um another fun thing is the, the writer and director is uh Billy. <laughs> of course. So yeah, he like tried to give himself the the role that was like interesting, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, why don't you bring us home then with our last movie? Uh, yeah. So the last one is "I Spit on Your Grave" from nineteen seventy eight. Yes. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna skip over a lot of stuff, but we'll, we'll a give lot you of stuff. To skip <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Essentially, it starts out. Um, there's a uh, city lady living in the city. Um, she's a a writer. Um, who is basically going out to the country for a summer to write the great American novel. Right. Um, so she, you know, jumps in a car, drives out there. Um, you know, she kind of like stops at this gas station on the way to get her gas filled up um, where we see like, you know, a bunch of like the, the local good old boys <laughs> um, playing like throw the knife in the dirt. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what they were doing. Something like that. Um, so she gets to the, the cabin. It's a nice cabin. Um, and we get like, uh, Matthew, the goofy grocery delivery boy delivers her groceries. Right. Um, so basically, uh, you know, like all of these people in the town now know she's there because, you know, of, of course, you know, rumor travels fast in a small town. Um, so she, you know, we see her writing and she's just kind of relaxing, you know, she's like sitting out in the hammock and then she's like sunbathing in her canoe. Um, and, uh, essentially like we see like two of the good old boys, like driving by in their boat, like trying to like get her attention. And she just, you know, ignores them. She just like gets up from her hammock, goes back in the house, like whatever, I don't want to deal with this. Um, and so it goes, you know, back and forth and we see them like talking in the town of how, Matthew, who is the, um, the the grocery delivery boy, is a virgin, and he's like, you know, he he's apparently has a crush on this new lady in town. So the the good old boys get this idea of like, oh hey, let's go, you know, try to get you laid or whatever. So um, that was like the first twenty minutes of introductions, right? Yes. Um. So then she's now sunbathing on a canoe. Um. And here is where the assault begins is the guys take it, their speedboat out there. They like 
drive around her, tie up her canoe, and then like drag her down the river to like I guess like a secluded swampy spot. Very um, swampy. Yeah. <laughs> so they they take her out, um, and so the the two two of the guys are are chasing her around in the woods, and they eventually run into the other two guys, who is the grocery delivery guy and the the gas station guy, who's like the leader guy. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of sexual assault <laughs> to where they're trying to get Matthew, the delivery boy, to like partake in it and he's like too you know nervous and scared and he doesn't want to be a part of it so the big leader guy um assaults her first um they let her run away uh naked obviously they don't give her back her clothes so she like runs through the woods like trying to get back home for a while and then eventually further down you know because she's following the river further down the river she meets up with them again um, they assault her again. Now it's suspenders guy that assaults her this time. Um, they, again, they try to get Matthew to, to egg her on to get in there and, and do, you know, assault as well. And he still won't do it. Um, so again, they, you know, all kind of just like leave her there. Um, after they're gone, she manages to get up, manages to run all the way back to her house. Um, she gets in the house um, she manages to like put a shirt on that was hanging at the front door. And then she gets to the phone, goes to take the phone off the hook and they're in the house and she gets assaulted again, <laughs> this time by the third guy with the, the brown corduroy pants. And then they actually get Matthew to jump in there as well. Um, but he's upset that he doesn't get to like finish. Yes. Cause he's too like nervous or whatever. Um, so they all leave uh, again. They're, I mean, severe assault where there's, you know, they all like beating on her and everything. It's bad. So what, didn't we say this was about 30 minutes of the movie? Oh yeah. Well, not, not yet. I'll tell you when it, when it okay. ends. So, um, <laughs> they all go outside and they're all like, you know, trying to like, you know, set the scene. They like, you know, throw, push her canoe down the river and like throw her bikini in the water. I guess to like try to make it seem like she died or on the water or something. I don't know. Um, so then they tell him, they give Matthew the knife and they say, okay, well you have to go in and kill her. Cause otherwise she's going to tell the police that we're all going to go to jail. And they like demonstrate to him how to stab her, you know, between yes. the ribs and the heart. So he goes back in and he goes to stab her and he kind of has a change of heart. So instead he just like rubs the knife in the blood on her face and then runs back outside and shows them, oh, look, see, I stabbed her, her blood's all over this knife. And they're like, okay, great, let's go. And so they leave. Um, and okay, now the assault is finally over. Now, this movie is like an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah. That assault is 35 minutes long. <laughs> so we're talking from the beginning of when they kidnap her or abduct her from her sunbathing in the canoe to when they finally leave the house is like 35 minutes. It's, it's painful. It's a painful, <laughs> it's a painful 35 minutes. Um, yeah. So, okay. So then essentially they're like, um, life kind of goes back to normal. We see her like recovering kind of, you know, she's like washes herself up, cleans herself up. Um, she, we see her like, you know, living her life, you know, they had ripped up her book that she had written 
And she like taped it back together and retyped it and typed some more. And you know, again, it looked like she was kind of like getting back to her life. And we cut back to all four of the guys again, like, you know, sharing a beer and ice cream at the, the local like diner. And they're saying like, Hey man, it's been two weeks. Like, have you guys gone over there to see like if she's dead or what? And they're like, no, we're not going back over there. And like, you know, the, the cops you know, are probably waiting for us to return to the scene of the crime. We're not going to go look. So like, they're like, well, it's been two weeks. Like if she was dead or if she was not dead, we'd know. Right. So like, she has to be dead. And so they basically don't know. So they're like, they, you know, try to like go, okay, well, finally they, they convince, um, uh, the two guys, suspenders guy and corduroy pants guy to go drive past their house to see if she's still there in the boat, not a, not yes. the car in the boat. So they drive past their house and she's out there and they see her outside. And so they go back and they, you know, basically, you know, beat the crap out of Matthew because Matthew lied to him. You know, he said that he killed her and obviously that was a lie. So they beat him up and chase him off. Um, and then they basically are like trying to figure out what they should do. Um, and at this point in time, we see her kind of like all dressed in black, like kind of following them around. Like, looks like she's trying to like learn their routines and stuff. Yes. Um, and then she basically calls the grocery store to get groceries delivered, knowing that Matthew is their delivery boy. Um, so Matthew comes and delivers the, the groceries. Um, she's like waiting in the forest. She's wearing like this white gown thing. <laughs> um, and she like seductively like calls him over and he's got a knife and he like chasing her through the forest, like with this knife, like threatening that he's going to kill her. Um, and she just kind of like calmly, nonchalantly keeps leading him deeper into the woods um, until she gets to this one point to where, um, you know, he she basically seduces him and gets him to drop the knife. And they have their little tryst thing <laughs> um, to where she ties a noose around his throat and then hangs him. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, after he's dead, she just throws his body out in the river and his, and bike. The, and his bike and the groceries and everything and throws it all in the river. And then, you know, later on calls the, the grocery place saying, oh, yeah, did, you know, I called in an order. I never got it. So, you know, basically say, you know, like, oh, I never got it. She's basically took out the one guy. Um, she, she find, Yeah, she's basically kind of my Monte Cristo in them. Right, right. So um, she goes to the gas station guy um, and she kind of like plays all coy and he's all like, oh, I knew you'd be back. Um, and, and she he, she kind of like seduces him right um, back into the uh, into the car and basically says, hey, come on back to my place and we'll have some fun. Right. Um, so they get there and she convinces him to get in a bath. And so they're, they're kind of taking a bath together and discussing, like, he has a wife and kids. Um, and, it's, you know, she's, like, asking him all these questions about his wife and his kids and all this stuff. And uh, there's a scene where um, she, like, gets him to strip down and, like, shoots at his feet. And he gets all upset, like, he doesn't like a woman telling him what to do. Um, and then she just kind of gives up the gun to him. And it says, okay, yeah, fine, you're right. Let's go take a bath. <laughs> Yeah. So they're like taking a bath and, you know, they're just like talking back and forth and she like gets in the bath with them. And it's kind of like a like a seduction kind of scene um, to where, you know, he's like, you know, 
feeling good and relaxed. And then she just like cuts his penis off with the knife. <laughs> yep. Um, and then leaves the room and then locks the door into the bathroom. Um, so we see that he is bleeding a oh, lot. He's, ble- he's bleeding yeah, out. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of blood. Yeah. And she knows that he's going to be dead. So he's just like kind of flailing around and screaming and crying and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it is a very slow and painful death. And yeah, he dies. Yep. Um, so then, um, she basically goes back outside. Um, and then the, the other two guys knowing that like, okay, the wife comes to the gas station saying like, yeah, my husband never came home. I don't know where he is. So the other two guys are like, oh, well, we better go. You know, the only place we know that something might've happened is back at that lady's house. We got to need to finally go back there. So they drive their, their boat back there. Um, and it, like, they see two of them get in the boat on the way there, but like only one of them is in the boat when they get to the house. And she was like, you know, kind of waiting for them. And she like jumps in the water and like sneaks up on the guy in the boat um, and ends up knocking him off the boat. And so then she's like, you know, driving the boat around in circles around him. And it doesn't look like he can swim or something. It looks like he cannot swim at all. Right. I mean, mean, he's not drowning. But the other guy, he can't swim because the other guy has to come get him. Right, yeah. So, like, he's not drowning, but it does look like he's a very strong swimmer. So she keeps like driving the boat around him, and he looks like he's having a hard time staying above water. Obviously, yeah, the other guy, like suspenders guy, comes out of the woods, who is apparently trying to sneak up on her. Um, and he grabs an axe that was like you know over by the house, um, and he tries to swim out there to like save his buddy. Um, and she basically drives the boat over to him and just like grabs the axe out of his hand, more or less. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then she's, you know, driving around and after like a couple times of like near misses with the boat, suspenders guy decides, yeah, I'm just going to go back to shore. Like this is not working. Um, so she drives over to him and just like chops him in the back with the ax, like just solid chop. And he just goes under. Yeah. He got shined. <laughs> right. Yeah. He does get one <laughs> ax blow. You can tell that ax blow is enough to kill him. And he just bloop, bloop. He's gone. Yes. Um, and so then she, driving around in circles around the guy again. She turns off the boat um, and the guy crawls up oh. to the boat and like hugs the boat engine. Propeller. Yeah, the propeller. He hugs the boat engine and she's like trying to like, oh yeah, it's fine. You know, I'll, I'll let you, you know, back in the boat. You know, we'll, we'll kind of pretend like nothing happened. And then of course starts the boat as he's like hugging the propeller and it, you know, apparently the propeller cuts off his penis again <laughs> um and then there's a whole lot of blood and then blub 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 he goes down yep and then she drives away in the boat and then the movie ends and the credits are playing while she's riding her boat around on the river yes uh this was not your first time seeing this so what no was your no i've seen this one i've seen this one this is the only <laughs> one of these i've seen before I, again i thought i saw last house on the left before but i did not see the original now i have obviously but at that yeah. point i did not uh this one i did i i've seen this one i've seen the remake and i believe i saw the remake sequel too i know there's more that i haven't there seen is. yeah i yeah. know there's like at least one or two more i have not seen those but i did see the remake and i did see the sequel to the remake which was <laughs> at the time i watched it was those that's all that existed at the time i just never i didn't keep it going yes um but yeah no this is uh i mean yeah it it 
is just as disturbing as the first time I watched it, um, which was a few, it was years ago. I don't remember how long ago, maybe like 10 years ago when I watched it, but um, yeah, it's, it's still disturbing. Like I was dreading <laughs> watching it. Um, yeah. Like I saved it to last that it was, yeah, it definitely hits harder. I think it's, this is the worst of the, of them. Oh yes. Um, yeah. I mean, last house on the left is bad, but this is, I think this is worse. It ramped up to 11. And again, it, and it yeah. goes on for a long time. And you think it's over. You think it's over like twice and it just keeps going. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is. I mean, none of it's good, but I'd say Last House Left was what? 10 minutes? If that, of, of the assaults? Yeah, and probably this... something like that. And this is at least triple the length. And it's just non-stop. Like, holy crap. Like, they said they took this, and they're like, someone's like, I bet you can't top last house left. And I was like, hold my beer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, essentially. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think this movie is, like, what stopped <laughs> this this genre. of Like, okay, yeah, I don't think we can do much worse than this. No. Like, we'll just switch to slashers, <laughs> is I think well, what happened. I mean, this came out the same year as Halloween. Right. Two vastly different movies. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think they were like, hey, you know what? Halloween seems like an easier movie to watch and an easier movie to make. Let's go that direction. And they just did. They also might be like, you know what? No one in other countries can see these movies either. We're not making money off of these as well. Right. You know, they... Uh, I wouldn't say Halloween's a popcorn movie, but it kind of is a popcorn movie more so than this, easily. Yeah, yeah. There's only like one, and and in Halloween, there's like one minor nude scene. In this right. movie, like there's nudity for. She's I mean, pretty much naked all the time. I was gonna say, like, it's all all like probably the majority of the movie. Like she's she's naked the majority of this movie, and it's like she's all the way naked. It's not just. Oh yeah. Yeah. And really, the uh, you know um, the guys are pretty much fully nude too. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. yeah. When the assaults are happening, they strip down. Like it's yes. not just like your typical, you know, pull your pants down a little bit thing. No, they're they're all in. Yeah, it. like they're it's it's a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, you, uh, there's, there's dong shots and everything. Yeah, this this movie definitely is the hardest one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, sure. it, it, unfortunately, it almost makes Last House Last House Left look tame. Well, yeah, but again, it also came out you know what seven years later, six years right. later, right? So it was ramping up. Ramped <laughs> uh, up for the grand finale. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. I think <laughs> I spit in your grave is the crest of this of of the the raw seventies raw thing, and it just came straight down after that oh yeah um so what were your highlights um highlights i mean the thing to me is it just feels like it's a realistic evil you know what i mean right like they don't necessarily show the people as just pure evil bad characters they all have like different sides to them where they try to humanize them a bit obviously they're bad they're not trying to say yeah. that they're good people. They just, they try to put that human edge on them to show that this could be anyone. And that right. I think that, that just realistic part of it, I think it makes it more disturbing. 
because you realize that like, yeah, anybody could do this. Like anybody's capable of doing this, you know, and anybody's capable of doing something like that. And then just trying to go back to the regular life afterwards. It's, yeah. it's, it's disturbing that to think that, but that's the thing is like that, that realistic portrayal, I think that they really nail it. Uh, in this one. Um, and I also like the the kills in this movie. I thought they were they were they were well done. Like when the guy is bleeding out, <laughs> it really looks like he's bleeding out. Like it looks like oh, yeah. bad news. Yeah. Uh and I I, I agree. It is this is why, you know, this is raw and uncut because it really does feel like it's raw. Like it feels it almost feels real. Like you know what I mean? Not without it actually happening, I think it's as real as it can get. Um, and honestly, the the revenge story I feel is better. Her revenge is is like you are like you are rooting for her more. I I I thought. Well, yeah, I mean, there's also two definitive parts of the movie. You know, that's like yeah. you have the assault happens, and then there's revenge for the assault. Whereas in the other movies, it's just like the assault happens. Well, I mean, I guess the first one is kind of like that, but the the assaulted person dies and it's their parents that have to do it later. But it's not like a planned out thing. I'm like, they literally planned it out for what, like maybe 30 minutes before they they went into effect. So it just, I guess, through the moment thing like this was like she planned it for weeks. Like this was like a well thought out revenge. Like she knew exactly what she was doing. So I said she was like the guy of Monte Cristo in this aspect. Like, right, right. She knew she had everything planned out to yep. the T. And yeah, you don't what you know, you don't feel sorry for those four at the end of the movie. You never no, you didn't feel sorry no. with them to begin with, but you kind of felt sorry for Matthew at the very beginning because he was like he dressed like Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. First right. Almost. Yeah. And he's, he's like super nerd. I mean, yeah, cause this is back with like stereotypical, like nerd trope is like, you know, that, right. that, that, that is exactly what his character is. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, yeah. But it, it, that pretty much ends quickly when you find out that he's like fully part of this thing, you know, like, right. Yeah. He may not be participating, but he's also not going for help either. Yeah, you know, and again, he's he's just as much part of this. Yeah, yeah, and you as much as it sucks, but yeah, you're right. It feels that it's a real feel, and you know, especially you know, forty five years ago, you know, we're still hearing the same excuses because the the gas station is like, oh, well, you were laying there seductively. You showed your legs at the gas station. You were asking for. Yeah, like, this it, yeah. argument sounds very familiar. Yeah, he, she was walking back and forth by the gas pump, like waiting for her car to be filled up. Like she had just driven from the city out to the like like this rural area. Like yeah, so she got right. out to like stretch her legs for like a minute while right. she was getting her gas pumped, and the guy's like trying to use that excuse, like you knew what you were doing, right? You, and they you wanted go, me to look, like what? Come yeah. on, dude. And they're like, oh, you're laying there seductively in your hammock, in your bathing suit, on private property on a huge-ass lake or river. Right. They happen to go by. She was, there was no one around her. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that, that argument, it's still valid today. And that's, you know, he essentially said, boys will be boys. And they asked for it. And that, that hit home, too, especially what we've seen the past couple of years. It's still ramping up. It's still a thing. It's still a thing. I mean, it is obviously not 
nearly as bad as it used to be, but it is right. still very much present. Um, yeah. And yeah, it is. Yeah, it is not good. And it, yeah, again, people will always use that excuse. And it's, it's, I don't Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. It's like, you know, all you have to do is put your daughter, your wife, your mother in that situation. How yeah. would you feel if it was them? That's all right. you have to do. Everybody has a mother. Yeah. Right. And it's all, you, you know, put your mother in that situation. That's all you have to do. Would you want your mother to go through that? No, then don't fucking put anybody through that. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's, you know, as, as, as a parent, you know, I feel for the parents uh, of Mary from last house and left, you know, um, but I'd, I'd probably try to do the same thing if those people were in my house, quite honestly. And, but like I said, I felt her revenge was more justiceful, more rewarding, I think. Does that make sense? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, because it was like thought out and she went after them one at a time. Whereas like she, in... yeah, she took control. And what the highlight is that, you know, they used the sexual assault against her, but then she used sex as a weapon herself. Right. At, for her revenge. And I thought that was perfectly crafted the way they did that. Yep. Um, low points. Uh, obviously the 35 minutes of assault. Right. Yeah. Again, that is, the, that is the, the hard part of this movie is you have to watch that whole fucking assault every time. And it, yeah. again, it goes on for a while and you're like, Oh, it's finally done. Nope, still going. Nope. God damn it! Like, okay, okay, now it's done. Okay, now we're done. Nope, still going. Like, son, come on. When is this going to end? This is horrible. But yeah. I again, I understand. I understand what they're doing. You have to show how bad it is to like really feel that she's, you know, deserving to getting her revenge. I, oh, absolutely. I understand that. So, like, that's the point of the movie. I, I I know why it's so long. I know why it's so bad because that's the point. They're trying to mark this point home with you. Did it need to be 35 minutes long? Probably not. Well, yeah, I probably not. Did it need to be multi-tiered and staged? I mean, probably not. I think they probably did it so that they didn't have to keep filming it all at the same time. You know what I mean? They got to like take a break in between the different assaults because that has to be hard to film too. You know, that has to be hard for everyone. Yeah. Like I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't. Like I said, if I was an actor, I don't think I'd want to do that. Well, a lot of people won't. That's why most of the time when these kind of movies are no name people because yeah. no you know big name actress is going to do that. Right. And I also don't want to be the director going. Okay, that didn't look right. Let's do this again. No. Yeah, like I mean, that's yeah, it's horrible. Uh, do you have any other little points? Um, not really. I mean, not a, not of the other things I've already said. But no, yeah. yeah, I mean, the assault being as long as it is 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 a for sure the low point. Yeah, I guess they're you know another little point is you know him going, you know, oh, I have a wife and kids, and wives just get. And, you know, I don't like, you know, I maybe they tried to humanize him by having the wife and kids, but didn't work. No, no, it's, it's again, it's not trying to show you that he's a good human. No, he's just showing you that this could be anyone. Yeah. Like regular people can be this bad. 
That just because you have a wife and kids does not preclude you from doing something like this. What? Well, I'm just I'm just saying that's the point that they're trying to get across because there's a lot of yeah. people out there to be like, well, he's got a wife and kids. Why would he ever do that? You know, I, I think especially at this time period, that was something that they were trying to break. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go first on this one for a number of sex crimes out of 10. For everything it is. And everything it shows, like, is it a well-crafted movie? Yes. Do I necessarily like it and want to watch it again? Probably not. Are we going to do the remake and sequels of this? Yeah, we are. Um, Did I like this more than Last House on the Left? You know, I hate to say that I like the movie, but like, it gets the point home, and it is a better-crafted movie. So I'm going 7.5 sex crimes out of 10. I think this is the best one of the four. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, yeah, great. This is definitely the best out of the four. Um, I'm going to go for seven sex crimes out of 10. Um, is it, again, I, I know that's technically my rewatch threshold. I probably don't want to rewatch it, <laughs> but I feel like it's it's good enough that if, you know, later on, if a reason came up for me to rewatch this again, I would be more comfortable rewatching this one than the other one which is bad because the assault is worse in this movie but it is a better made film so it, it's almost like the movie you show the people when they say it's not that bad and you go okay watch this yeah like <laughs> right yeah like this tell is me, this is how bad it can be. After, tell me you feel great after watching right it. yeah and if you do you should probably seek some help because there's probably something seriously wrong with you right yeah so uh you know, this is why we're taking this movie break before we get into one for two weeks from now. Uh-huh. Right, why don't you bring us home here? Sure. Uh, okay. The old country, old wives' tales, things that lurk in the primordial forest. How much lore will it take to scare you? Join us next time when we get into some folk horror. Yes. And we'll be watching, I think we said, uh, Unwelcome, uh, 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 the witch or the witch, the witch, yes, and antlers. And I've only seen, I've seen two of these. You've only seen one of those. Yes, I've I've seen the witch. I've not seen the other two. Yes, and you know, uh, people may be wondering why not the bees. Well, that has multiple entries. That's going to be its own episode at some point. All right, as though it is probably the most iconic folk horror. Movies, they, they're rebuilding aren't they remaking it again uh-huh yeah say, so they did they're... two wicker mans they did the wicker tree <laughs> uh and they are remaking this again so we'll have to look up and do some research when that comes out and maybe plan it for there as well yeah oh yeah because i knew there was original i knew that it was remade uh, famously nicholas cage remade it. and then <laughs> Um, I know that I heard that they were making it again. I don't know about that other one, the tree. I don't know what that is. The wicker tree was, it was supposed to be closer to the book, like an actual sequel to wicker man. I believe. Oh yeah. I've never, I've never seen the original. I have seen, well, I don't think I've seen the whole Nicolas Cage version. I've just seen enough to laugh hysterically at how ridiculous it is. Um, and yeah, that's it. I've never, I've never watched it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, it is a direct parallel. So yeah, we'll get to it. So, all right. Well, in the meantime, like I said, we'll be doing that next. And then we'll just give you a short preview is we're going to do uh, French extremity movies the week after that. So the new uh, rough, French extremity. New French. So <laughs> uh, a rough month for us <laughs> on some of these. So Take a break in between. Yeah. Uh, until then, but this has been. Uh, oh, remember, we watch bad movies, so you don't have to. And this has been Graveyard saying, Have you checked on the children? Uh, this is Salem saying, Long live the new flesh. Mm-hmm.